Courage to Lead, episode 177. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Marcio Santos. Marcio believes that the most important thing we can do is to help each other learn faster because the machines are coming. And this will require psychological and emotional support to enable learning more complex things in shorter periods of time as the changes and demands in the workplace accelerate. He's excited every day for the opportunity to work with people that have dedicated their lives to teaching others and creating learning communities like Kehi from radreads.co, Ted Seides from Capital Allocators, Robbie Crabtree from Performative Speaking and Lorraine Lee from Prezi and many more. Marcel lucked into working with course creators after leaving an agency job where he worked with brands like BMW, Scotia Bank, and Western Union. He left the agency world to become a freelancer because he wanted to spend as much time as he could with his mother after she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. While freelancing, he worked with brands like Kettle and Fire, The Ten Spot, Baba Guys, Emmy Eats, Remedy Kambuka, Boston Comic Con, and many other brands, and now shares everything he knows with course creators to help them scale fast. Marcio, welcome to the show. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to, to chat with you. Absolutely. No, I've been looking forward to this. This is great. And man, some of those companies you've worked for, that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, cool. I've, been very, I've been very blessed, very lucky. Like I said, uh, even looking into working with those brands and looking into working with great people, it's, it's, it's been a great ride. Yeah. Now, I, I will tell you right off the bat, I do not believe in luck. Somebody hmm. told me once that luck is the residue of design. If you're out on a golf course and you pick the right club, engage the distance, engage the airspeed, engage your swing, and you hit a hole in one, that's not lucky. You did that because all those pieces came together at the same time. So I don't think that you were lucky. I think you just put all the pieces together exactly the way that you needed to fit. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Very cool stuff. All right. I want to come back and talk about how you got your start, um, how you got to where you are now, who you work with, some of the other people you work with, and how you help them. Um, But first... I have 10 questions I like to ask all my guests. Uh, listeners will know these are the 10 questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood uh, guests from TV, film, and stage. And I always figured if they were good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Marzio, if you're ready, 10 questions. Yeah, right? let's do it. I, got, I have butterflies in my, in my stomach, so let's, <laughs> let's get to it. Uh, you'll be fine. All right, question number one. What is your favorite word? My favorite word is habichuelas. It means green beans in Spanish. I just love how that's the sound, (laughs) that sound of that word. That's awesome. Say it again. Habichuelas. Nice. Very cool. All right. What is your least favorite word? Can't. Yes. Totally agree. All right. What turns you on? Oh, what turns me on? Um, I'd say like new opportunities to grow and stories. Those two things really, really turn me on. Very cool. And what turns you off? 
Hmm. Anger. What sound or noise do you love? My seven-month-old giggles are the absolute best, man. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? My seven-month-old crying at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) I'm with you. All right. Uh, What is your favorite curse word? Favorite curse word is probably one in Portuguese. Starts with a P, ends with an A. It's boja. So for those of you that speak Portuguese, I'm sorry for throwing that in your ears. But if you don't know it, then you're none the wiser. Yeah. They can Google it, right? Yeah. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to attempt something with movies, like a, an, like a director, some kind of director role. I love movies so bad. Absolutely. Very cool. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, hmm. Real estate agent. <laughs> There's a billion of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Job well done, my friend. Job well done. Job well done. All right. Marcio, we're going to come back, talk about how you got your start, um, who you work with, how you help them, some of the things you're seeing in your industry. And uh, at some point, we'll transition into courage and leadership. All right. Sounds good. Listeners, we'll talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Marcio Santos. Marcio, thanks thanks again for being on the podcast. It's great to talk to you. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling from the now sunny city of Toronto, Uh, Summertime has has blessed us, and it's uh, it's finally sunny. It's warm out, so it's it's beautiful here. At least one day, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said it kind of peaks out and then goes back and get cold again and peaks out. So well, I'm glad summer is finally out. Very cool, good stuff. So let's talk about how you got your start. How did you? Where did you go to school? And uh, what what did you study? And how did that prepare you for what you're doing right now? So. Oof. I, I'd say I'd have to go back pretty far because uh, I, I grew up in Dallas. I was, although I was born in Brazil, and I ended up moving around a lot when I was when I was younger. Uh, when I was thirteen, I moved to Ottawa, went to school there, and moved to go to university in Austria in Vienna. Studied business, left Vienna to do a uh, a web developer college program in Ottawa again. And from there, I got a job. And it was really those formative years in, I'd say, in Vienna and Ottawa that really set the stage for the work that I do now. 
And the transitions of moving from one country to another and having to adapt and adjust, that also plays a big role in what I do now as well. Absolutely. And, and courage, I imagine, to go off. Were you out there by yourself or did your family move? It was just you? I was pretty much always with my family. Yeah, always with my family, uh, always moving mainly with my mom. She worked for Brazilian Foreign Affairs. And so up until I was 18, I moved with her. And then after that, I moved on my own. But um, I, I'd say it's, it's the, yes, the courage, but it's also the adaptability is a big factor from having to give up what you had before and having to rearrange your skills or your, or your ideas and yourself for a new market, for a new place, for a new friends, for a new setting. Yeah. I think that is something that I really appreciate now in course creators because I think that's, that's what they do really well is they help people adapt quickly. Very cool. Yeah. And, and was it this? it's not the strongest that survive, it's the adaptable. Right. Correct. Absolutely. Very cool. So uh, how did you start working with the likes of BMW and Scotty Bank and Western Union? Yeah. So working with brands like that, I had moved back to Toronto from Brazil and I was, I was, you know, just looking for any type of job, any type of work really. Uh, previously I was working a lot in web and graphic design, a lot of communication design type roles. And I was looking for something a little bit more strategic. And I ended up, before getting that job, uh, I worked for this terrible agency that went bankrupt and most of their assets were in print and they didn't see the writing on the wall. And so I ended up having to leave there and uh, lucked into, again, through my network, I ended up um, hooking up with this this guy. He, He liked my work. He's like, man, you should, you got to leave that agency. You need, you need to do something better. And he introduced me to the founders of the other agency where I ended up joining. And so I worked with BMW, with Scotiabank, Western Union, uh, Bank of Montreal, lots of different brands, mostly doing account management and event marketing stuff. So when I started there, I was doing a lot of grassroots stuff, going out to events, handing out flyers, setting up booths, mm-hmm. talking to people, giving you know the, the marketing pitches of these brands. And it was really a really humbling experience. It was really hard work out in the sun, out in the, the snow, sure. out in the rain, traveling, driving around. But it really gave me a solid back backing of, I'd say, a bit of grit, but also that ability to do this one-to-one uh, sales with people. I, I really gained a lot of respect and appreciation for anybody that does any type of frontline sales or marketing. Yeah. So. That was uh, that was really important, and th- and then the BMW thing is we I worked on a an award winning campaign with them, which is which is super fun for one of their uh, campaigns. Nice, and so you're working now with course creators. Correct. So I, at that time when I was at the agency, it was you know if you have ever been in the agency world or have heard about it or or seen anything, you know people at agency they work a lot, and this was no different. So my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. It was super sad, and I wanted to make sure that I spent as much time as with her as I could. So I left the job, uh, found just basically started freelancing, getting any job that I could in web design and graphic design and whatever whatever skills I had. And I started studying SEO and uh, web analytics, email marketing, content marketing. Bought this package from this course called Market Motive, and they had like a package that you could take several different courses. And I took all the certifications I could. Wow, and after that, somebody in my network said, hey, I see you do all this stuff, man, but what is that one thing? What is that one thing that you're going to, like, what can I call you for if somebody needs? 
And I told them, I just picked SEO out of my head and I told them, and then I worked on that for several years. Nice. So a lot of people are into SEO, but there are a lot of people who don't even understand really what SEO is and the power of what that is. Can you explain that a little bit? So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And the idea behind SEO is that you can optimize your content that you have or create new content that you don't have on your website so that you can capture the demand that's already inside search. So if people are already going to Google right now, they're searching for certain terms because they need help. They're trying to get a solution, trying to find a product or a service and get to a, a result. And so by learning SEO and implementing SEO, theoretically, you could have a stream of unpaid traffic to your website um, and you know that could help you grow your business phenomenally. So just trying to figure out or, or do research to find out what those search terms are, right? So you can build those into the website. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of keyword research that goes into any key, uh, you know, SEO campaign. And it's, it's, it's very hard, hard work. Uh, I mean, I've done it for several years. It's complicated. It's hard. And so it's not really a technique that I teach my clients now uh, unless they're in a position to, to do that already, having a strong base of content already on their site. Very cool. And so with some of the folks we named in the, in the intro, how are you working with them? How do you help them? So the way I help them is I coach them to, to walk across these three key phases of, of uh, packaging uh, and launching their, their courses. So um, the first phase is we work on their product, and I help them to make sure that their product is unique and different. They, they okay. speak about their product, that they understand exactly why their course is different, and so they're not competing with other courses. In the second phase, we make sure to build a funnel for them that, that converts random traffic into leads and then warms them up so that they're ready to buy. And then lastly, we implement a launch sequence that builds traffic, builds excitement, and it increases sales. Very cool. So is this a, a platform that they can put their, their course material on or just you're coaching them to that process and helping them? So 80% of it is coaching and 20% of it is done for you. So we have templates and systems and frameworks already uh, in place. And so if somebody has their website on a WordPress or whatever platform they, are, they have it on, they can adapt what we have to their platform or they can just use the platform that we use, right? So we use system.io and Kajabi and you know, they can just come in and use like a pl plug and play solution so they're not stuck trying to figure out all the technical side of, of things. Nice. Very nice. And the online courses and things that they're creating, is this like their main revenue stream or is this like ancillary things to something else that they do? That's a, that's a good question. So one thing that I've seen over the past few years is that sometimes people start with a course and then they go into coaching or they start with coaching and then they go into courses. And so those, those two, let's say, business models are, are kind of neighbors to each other. And, and, and so I've seen a mix of both for, for my clients. Nice. Very cool. Good stuff. And I, I like your website. It's very clean. Very nice. Cool. Thank you. Good information on there. Um, so in the intro, we talked about um, the machines are coming. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. Talk to me about uh, the machines. What are, what are we looking at and how do we prepare ourselves? 
Yeah, so super, super good question. If we zoom out and we look at the job market and you pick any, any market today that is super competitive, take online marketing or yeah, just take online marketing. The, there are more and more, actually more and more I see cases of an AI tool, an AI-based tool taking over or sort of, you know, I guess, yeah, taking over some of the jobs of other people. And so copywriting is one that mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more, like blog creation. There are AI tools that you can use to write blogs for you. Yeah. There are AI tools that you could use to edit videos for you. There are AI tools that will build an entire website for you, right? And so if this is the case, then us marketers, well, we have to speed up and learn faster and learn more complex things and learn better ways of serving our customers and our clients because otherwise our clients can simply hire an AI tool. And so we have to learn to be more strategic. We have to, I mean, stay on our toes, learn to interface with all the data and the the, the AI and learn how to use that. So, I mean, that's just just one example, but um, this same type of pressure is coming to all industries. And so if you're not prepared, if you're not advancing yourself and and continuously learning, you're not dedicated to continuously learning, you're going to be left behind. And a university or a college is not always the best fit for that because they're not as adaptable as we mentioned before. Um, They're not uh, cost effective. And the delivery of the material isn't, again, delivered in the best way. And so I believe online course creators today, they have competitive advantage to these formal institutions because they can be more scrappy. They don't have to live up to all this uh, brand ideas that you know a university and a college has. And students can interact and engage and, and speak more freely and bring their real-life situations to the classroom, even if it's virtual, to, so that they can learn faster and apply the knowledge to their situation. And so if somebody was in one of those areas that you mentioned, one of those uh, like marketing, and they're struggling, they're starting to feel the pinch, can you help them kind of figure out what they need to do and how to, how to avoid that, that crush of the machine? Not really. I can't, that's, not, that's not what I do. I don't help the, the, the end user themselves get unstuck. But what I do is I help people that have a course get unstuck. And so... If there is a someone that's an expert at SEO and they, they need help packaging their course, positioning that, and then selling that course because it'll help, let's say, course creators do better at SEO, that's the person that I help. Nice. And so that's your niche then is the course creators? Is that really who you like working with? Correct. And specifically, course creators in super competitive markets because the, it's, the competitive markets is usually owned by a handful of course creators. It's usually a handful of experts, whether they're authors or they've become, they've been able to attain expertise or notoriety in some kind of way that really end up earning the lion's share of that market. Wow. And so that, that's really who I, who I want to help is, is oftentimes I, I like working with a little bit of the underdog as well. So it's people that may have a little bit of trouble marketing themselves or not, maybe don't feel as comfortable using digital marketing to, to do things. Yeah. Um, those are the, really the type of people that I like working. They're, they're dedicated, they're experts, they, they, they want to help and they love helping people and they just need help to, to really bring that into fruition. Nice. 
Very cool. Um, so on a personal note, how's your mom doing right now? My mom is doing fantastic. So my mom moved to Miami end of November. So we are speaking now. It's almost June now. It's May 31st. And so she's been there for a few months now. I haven't seen her. I just spoke to her on Sunday uh, over the, you know, over WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. She looks beautiful. Um, and so she lives with my sister and her family now down there. And it's great. She's by the beach. She's no longer dealing with uh, Canadian winter. So she's yeah. doing awesome. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for asking. Sure. No, it's good. I'm glad she's good. So let's talk about courage. Um, where did you find the courage? You had, uh, you had jobs with these different companies, working, you know, having, uh, that's one thing that we talk about is the courage to leave the nine to five, the walk away from that comfort zone, that safety net to start your own business, right? And find your own success. That's scary for a lot of people. How was that for you? Where did you find that courage? Where did that come from? It's, it's funny. I think the, the courage really just came from that. Uh, I, I think in a way, the way I tell the story to myself is that I was, again, lucky in the way that I perceived the story. I perceived this story as the, the diagnosis as an alert. It was, it was something that grabbed me by the collar, that shook me up, that said, wake up. And not a lot of people have that. A lot of people, I think we end up in this uh, warm pot type of situation where we get dumped in this warm pot. It's heating up, heating up, heating up. And we don't get that, that alert until it's too late. And so with me, when I had that, that, that diagnosis, it, it, like everything just became clear. It's either I'm going to spend more time with her and take advantage of the time that I have now, or I'm just going to miss out. It's, it's just that, that clear. And so I'm going to do it regardless of whatever is going to happen. This is more important. I'm going to figure everything else out. And I believe anybody can do it. If you just, if you're really just focused, if you, if you just go out there, you can, you can make things happen more than, it doesn't have to be that complicated. So I, I think I was, it's funny after you said this, I feel like I'm saying this often in time. I feel like I was lucky in that sense. But again, a lot of people would have dove into their, their job that they had, right? Because mm-hmm. it was safety. They didn't have to worry about it. It'll always be there. Even working mediocre, they'd still get paid, right? You decided to go on your own, which can be very scary, can be unpredictable. Do you have other entrepreneurs in your family? Did you inherit that trait? No entrepreneurs in my family, no. Um, no, but I mean, I, I guess, you know, my mom having traveled a lot and my, my father as well, every time you leave your, your comfort area of the country, the friends, the culture and that network that you have, you go into, in a different situation. It's very similar because you're, you're going out of that little tribe into the wilderness all on your own. And you're facing the elements of, of uncertainty. And so I, I guess in a, if I could reread, retell the story, I would say, yeah, they, they are entrepreneurial in that sense that they endeavored across different boundaries several, several times. And travel, I think, does that to people. I love travel. That's one of the reasons we introduced my daughter to traveling. You get out, you get to see how other people do similar things, right? And it, it broadens your perspective. So I can see how that would help then with other companies. Even as a consultant, my wife and I would go six, eight months on this project and move to another project in a different area of the country, a different customer, maybe doing a lot of the same things, but for a totally different audience. And it is kind of new. You're learning a new language, right? Because they're the way that they do things and talk about things and, and express things is totally different. So yeah, I can see that's very similar. Nice. So what's next for you? I mean, you've accomplished quite a bit. 
you've got some good clients you're working for. So what's next? So what I have planned for this year is, is really to scale the amount of people that I can help. The, I, I want to be able to help more course creators and I want our processes to be more streamlined and predictable so that we can, with more precision and more speed and less pain, be able to get people to six figures, to be able to really put together a program that helps people, that transforms their lives, accelerates their career, but also does this without having to spend 10 years blogging or you know 50 years writing newsletters. Like I just don't believe in that. I feel like we're at a time right now where the, the internet is so big, there's so much opportunity, it's, it's practically infinite, and still so many out there that I talk to on a weekly basis, they're struggling to, to even get their ideas out. And it's, that, that's, that's what's uh, top of mind for me, is, is it's just really in optimizing what we do. Me learning and be, getting better at coaching and, and, and the systems and, and processes that, uh, to do that. Yeah. That's one thing as coaches, we're told that the people have, you know, it's not like we're going in and, and necessarily teaching them things. We're helping them get out of their own way. Right. A lot of times they have the mindset that I can't do this or I'm not good at this or something like that. That holds them back. So asking those type of questions to help them see, hey, this is something I can do. This is something I can do on my own. That's powerful. That's good stuff. And, and actually, the, the words that you just said there, get out of your own way. I, I recently just hired a, a coach in that area. It's, nice. it's specifically in, in mindset training. And it's an area that I felt myself that I was stuck in for a long, long time. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been good. It's so, it's only, I'm only about a month into it, and it's been a lot of hard, hard, hard work. But um, I, can, I can sense and see that it's, it's starting to pay off. Awesome. And so uh, with some of the clients you're working with, what are, what are they struggling with? Do they struggle with that mindset? Not really, not really. Uh, sometimes they do struggle with certain phases. So my program, we have nine different steps. And usually there's a f one or two or three of the steps that they get stuck on. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, there's this one module where we teach people how to use video to enhance the amount of trust that new leads have for them. Nice. And some of some people feel like, oh, I don't know how to do video. I don't know my voice. I don't know what I look like. I, and does it sound, does it rhyme? Does it feel, does it flow? And so there's a little bit of coaching there and encouragement and feedback and, 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 and massaging there. But in general, the, the, I've been fortunate enough to, to work with really great people that haven't had those struggles yet. Um, but it, it is something that I've appreciated and it's, it's something that I'm going to implement into some of our frameworks as how do, how can you teach or how, how can you provide the mindset for your customers so that they can have success? Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you look for in a leader? Hmm. What do I look for in a leader? Uh, the, I think the main thing for the leader, they have to have a vision of something different. A, a leader has to be able to sit in the, the mess of everything, calmly evaluate what's there, see and see and envision a different, a different future. 
they have to envision, you know, uh, Netflix had to see a world where people could uh, order stuff and get DVDs mailed to their house. They had to be able to see a future where you would binge watch videos. And when they approached Blockbuster and said, look, we have this business. This is the way things are going. We have this vision. This is what the future is going to be like. And Blockbuster almost laughed them out of the building. I think that that's, that's like a typical case of the leader being able to see the future before other people. And it's not just see the future, but also bet on it, to go after it. Even, like, even just writing about that future that you envision, that in itself is already uh, a way to put your foot out there and establish this territory for your for yourself, for this ideal, this future that you're trying to create. So I, I think that's a key thing for, for a leader. Being able to communicate that vision too, especially if you have employees, if you can't create a clear, compelling vision and share that with your employees, you're going to be stuck, right? Because you need oh, yeah. them to help you get to that vision. Oh, definitely. Yeah. With investment, with hiring, with working day to day, you need vision. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you have any employees working for you right now? I just have the one, uh, one VA that helps me and I hire contractors to help me on as, as I need them. Nice. So if I were to bump into any of these folks and maybe even some of your clients and talk to them about your leadership style, what would they tell me? What type of leader are you? Well, I'd, I'd hope they would say something like, man, Marcio is the coolest guy. You really want to work with him. He's really helped me. I made a lot of money and he's made the process great. <laughs> but uh, they would probably say something like, you know, Marcio, he, he always over, over delivers and he's, he's honest. I think those two things for sure they would always say. Nice. And do you have a role model that you kind of model yourself after as far as your leadership? Oh, that's interesting. As, as far as leadership, I don't have a, a role model, but I do have a few role models in terms of, in terms of other things, right? So, for example, there's a, um, someone that I look up to in terms of how they, how they are on social media, like how they create content. And this one guy is Mastin Kip. He's, uh, he's also a coach. Uh, when it comes to doing these podcasts, there's somebody that I look up to, which is Jamie Foxx, the actor. I really like his style and the way he, t- he tells stories. And after I said this, people are going to be like, man, Marcy, you're nothing like Jimmy Fox. Uh, <laughs> you know, good luck. But I do have other role models in, in different areas of my life. But that, that's a good one. I maybe should pick a, a leadership type of um, uh, of role model. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely Elon Musk and, and Steve Jobs are top of mind uh, simply because of the vision that they were able to have in such crowded spaces so i i think those those two people are really really different yeah to stand out in those spaces you had to be something very special absolutely yeah good stuff um so if you had to do it all over again would you follow the same path take the same courses same certifications Hmm. oh no I, i probably wouldn't uh you know having the the benefit of of hindsight i i probably would have been more aggressive with niching down harder and sooner and more clearly. And that's, that's what I would have done differently if I could, if I could go back. Yeah, that's, that's key. I mean, so many people struggle with that. 
especially in, in these different spaces, uh, training, you know, online course builders, coaching. It's like, I want to, I want to help everybody. Well, you can't help everybody. You know, you really need to niche down, pick that one area where you and your zone of genius can make the most impact and drive into that. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, this has been awesome. And I appreciate your time coming on the show. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? What's your, what's your website? So it's nerddigital.com. That's N-E-R-D-D-I-G-I-T-A-L.com. And if they head over to nerddigital.com forward slash courage, they can grab a free gift for, for, uh, for doing that. Oh, very cool. That's great. That's great. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, are you active on LinkedIn? I am. I am somewhat. Uh, actually, actually, I should say no. I'm, I'm definitely more of a lurker on, on LinkedIn. You could, okay. you could find me, though, Marcio Santos. I think if you type in Marcio Santos Toronto, that's M-A-R-C-I-O. Santos Toronto, you'll you'll probably find me. Very cool. Well, I appreciate that link for listeners. Thank you so much for that. Um, I will have that link and uh, your LinkedIn profile uh, link to that, so people can get in touch with you if they have questions or anything like that. Um, and yeah, where's the best place for them to start on your website? I mean, of course, forward slash courage. But do you have other things that they can they can look at to to get information about some of your programs? I would say I would say start there because it gives you a really good like thirty thousand foot view, but it also goes into the weeds a little bit. If you're thinking about launching a course, or even if you have a course, you want to see behind the curtain of what a, a, a six figure course launch looks like. I would still start there because it allows you to, to zoom in and zoom out and, and get a feel for the whole process. And I talk through, I, I basically reveal like an entire launch in there, the nice. thinking that we did, where the the person was at the time of their launch which is a super important thing to think about. So I, I would still start there. Absolutely. Okay, very good. All right. Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. Definitely check out nerddigital.com forward slash courage. And again, thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan. Have a that. great day. All right, you too. And listeners, make sure you share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now. 